Hello everyone, welcome back to week two slash episode one slash episode two of the Screen 4 podcast. This week we are talking about Boogie Nights by PTA, big Woo! legend. Boogie! I, yep, Boogie. I'm here with George and Toby. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Epic. We did it, we did it, we did it. <laughs> <coughs> Alright, oh no, I need to get my breath back. I feel like I didn't breathe. I was a bit nervous for that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we're starting off the show. We're going to do a bit of movie news today. Yes, yes, movie news, yeah. Got some big news in the movie industry this week, we thought, listeners. We, we, we thought we'd have a little relaxed start this time, not get too intense. Yeah, because if any of you who are listening currently also listen to episode zero, I'm sure you are aware that we just kind of jumped about a bit. So this week, hopefully, it's a bit bit more order so this Smoother. week hopefully we do exactly the same thing yeah yeah <laughs> there's gonna be farting and screaming and yeah someone's gonna be dead by the end you put <laughs> put it in the comments below who do you think it's gonna be <laughs> oh, i vote ollie i vote ollie i vote toby because he's a waste man with a truck. right no we're not having this all right okay warner Nothing. brothers warner brothers i want to talk about it this Cinemas. is the biggest news of the week i'd say biggest right. news of the year mate this is the. I saw this and I was like, I'm a, I'm a bit angry about this. Well, I don't know how I feel, but I feel like it's a very bad thing. So they've said all of the 2021 films are going to be streamed on the day of the cinema launch as well now. And yeah. it's yeah. on HBO Max. It's some big films. It's you've got you've got Dune's going to be on it. The Matrix Four. The Suicide Squad sequel, even though obviously it's not—it's not a sequel, actually. Is it not? No, it's technically a. Well, it's James Gunn doing it. The guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And it's kind of like a reboot, kind of. I think they've got like Harley Quinn back, but right. like everyone else is new. I don't so know. Somehow, I think it might be good. By sequel, <laughs> they just mean remake. I don't even know. It's literally just called the Suicide Squad. This the time. Suicide, Squad. Just Suicide Squad. It's like I the see. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wait, can I ask a wait, hold on. Pause. Pause the chit chat. Can I ask a, just a audio question? Because I'd rather yeah. ask it now than in half an hour. So when you're not talking, so when I'm not talking and I'm listening, it's still like flapping about by like the forty zone. Is that this cause it that is that's just... it's like I'm seeing some minor flapping and I think it's just like very minor residual audio maybe coming from your headphones. Yeah. So it's it's it freaking me out that it's like noise. picking you up somehow, but I don't it isn't but it's like I keep thinking that I'm picking you up, but then I look and it doesn't actually quite directly sync up. Yeah. So I don't know. Because it's when I'm not talking, it's kind of flapping about by like the 50, 40. Mine, mine's, mine's flapping about the 50, 40 range. Don't worry about the 50, 40 range. We should be fine there. Okay. All right. Back to the movie chat. Right. We didn't take a break there. I promise. <laughs> we're here and we're, it wasn't we're, a technical still, difficulty. We're still live. I had to fetch the Christmas tree again. Yeah. Toby yeah. had to go buy another that, Christmas tree. He's got yeah, five. Toby and his I've trees. been buying too many Christmas trees lately. <laughs> if you got, if you listeners want the goss, Toby mugged it yesterday because he had to go buy a bloody plant. Christmas tree. I had to go a Christmas plant. tree hauling. Was it was it, quite was epic. It, a festive plant. Was it even a plant. real tree? It was. Yeah, of course it was. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go to go into a store and buy a fake tree. I don't know. I was only going family. Yeah, so a plastic tree of a family. A real Christmas tree. Don't even get me started on the year my mum came back with a white tree. 
God. Oh, we have a white tree. Oh, nice. Oh, no, that's not You're telling me you mug the podcast to get a white tree. No, 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 no. We have a real tree and then we have a fake white tree. Oh, that's all right. I guess that's fine. We have white two trees, trees remind me of like a metropolitan New York Christmas where like they don't really they don't care about the Christmas spirit. They've just got a white tree yeah. and their son hates them because he doesn't spend enough time with him. Talking about people who don't enjoy the Christmas spirit, Warner Brothers not giving their films proper <laughs> cinema releases. It's been stressing me out. So can we go it's back? It's to not this? very Christmassy. It's not very Christmassy. It's is not it? very Christmassy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Can, can I say you uh, you missed out Space Jam 2 on the release for next year? Yes, no, I was just seeing Space Jam 2, <laughs> which, to be honest with you, I'm I'm now quaking. Yeah. Slightly. <laughs> quaking. There's, um, there's, there's also The Conjuring with yeah. the subtitle, The Devil Made Me Do It, which <laughs> I think is actually quite hilarious, can I just say. <laughs> what was the last Conjuring film? Oh, God. Was it Conjuring the, bloody... the Nun or something? Yeah, yeah. The, the, nun, the Nunnery. The Nun story. Nun story too. Anyway, um, this big Warner Brothers deal has a lot of implications for the movie industry as a whole. Yeah, it's I I I would say that these companies have been trying to do this for, I'd say at least maybe five years now. They've been trying to get this VOD cinema release simultaneously, but the big picture houses have been very very anti it because it thinks they think at least I I agree with them that it kind of ruins the purity of cinema. Why would you go to the cinema if you can just watch yeah. it on your TV? Well, people say it's going to be the free. end of cinema, isn't it, really? Like, the end of, th- like, movie theatres. Not the end of well, cinema. But... Well, the thing is, theatres are already struggling so much right now. Yeah. With with the, the coronavirus practically nearly being a year ha- of, of God, being yeah. about and about. Um, being about? Yeah. yeah Corona's been on the scene for a year. Yeah, now. it's just it's been about. Um... It, the theatres are really struggling and the, this is basically what feels like the, the final nail in the coffin to me My, I mean I think there are there, there could be some positives come out of it to be honest because I think I don't know maybe we don't see so many films with 300 million dollar budgets <laughs> that are these absolute disgusting messes of money no I, I can't yeah. see that having any kind of uh, impact M- on maybe the the mid-budget feature could make a big return and it's like the mid-budget feature has been dead for like 10 or 15 years it feels like and i i'd love for that to come back honestly yeah you want those you want those middle roads it's, I want a, them it's a shame fifth, though fifth element hot fuzz yeah. stuff like that yeah. these were all the mid-budget features that would never yeah. have got made today <laughs> i want a high budget high budget hot fuzz that's what i want <laughs> it doesn't have a big purple man in a suit clicking fingers yeah clicking we, fingers. we missed out yeah. we needed the big cgi villain in hot yeah. fuzz to really yeah. get it home <laughs> i want massive flying cornettos everywhere <laughs> so, so has anyone seen anything else Oh, so yeah, I thought I thought we could do a little chat about interesting things you've seen this week, and I have a I have a nice little segue. Oh, blind. Um, so, yeah. as we all is know, is this news related? Just uh, yeah, it's news related. It's news related. Okay, I got so it. news related stuff. Mank came out yesterday. Oh, yes. I saw, I saw, David yes. Fincher's first film in six years. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks pretty exciting. I I haven't watched it yet because I wanted uh, this film to be in my like fresh in my uh, head. Do to mix it up with a yeah. whole load of Fincher? But uh, it does look pretty mental. And uh, nice little segue into what we've watched this week. I watched Citizen Kane in preparation for Mank because it's about the co-writer of 
Citizen Kane, isn't it? Oh wow! It's, I, I forget. Didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called Mank because the guy that wrote Citizen Kane is called. He's got like a very Jewish name. He's a man. He's a manky bloke. Well, no, his, his last name is like <laughs> Mankovitz or something like very Jewish. <laughs> I saw your Letterboxd be, review that said that. my favorite character in every awesome Wells film is the lighting. It's very true. <laughs> his light, honestly, his, the lighting in any awesome. I mean, well, disclaimer: I've only seen two awesome Wells films, so I can't really speak too much, but. It's insane. It like it makes me want to just pick up a torch and just shine it in people's eyes. <laughs> hey, I've listened to an album by Orson. I know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got I've got a bit of a something that might interest you, Toby. Yeah. Quite a lot. So, Oscar Isaac. Do you know who he is? Uh, no. Ex Machina, Poe from yes. Star Wars. Yes. Um, he has been cast as the one and only Solid Snake in a what? new Metal Gear Solid movie. Yeah. Oh shit! I know. How do you feel about that casting? A Metal Gear Solid Snake movie. I've not heard yeah. about this. I know. I, I I only saw the article today. That sounds a bit intense, actually. <laughs> I don't know I how like I feel about it, it because I feel like they can absolutely butcher it. I mean, when has a good video game movie literally ever, ever been, been made? Yeah, then God. there isn't I, one. I went and watched Buddy Assassin's the, the Assassin's Creed movie when it came out, and I was like, "That is the biggest pile of wank I've ever watched oh, in my oh, entire it was, life." It was actually the most uninteresting movie I think I've ever watched in my whole Considering life. Considering the Assassin's it's Creed so universe boring. is like fairly, uh, oh well, it's not the best video game, but there's, there's a lot going on. I feel like it's, yeah, no. I like, think Assassin's Creed is one of those games that you actually could make a good film. Yeah, about, exactly. That's the thing. Then Michael Fassbender. Yeah, but I think it would have to be very separate. I feel like it would work much better as a drama than it would work as a over-the-top Michael Fassbender running about on Potter roofs. But it's barely even that. But that's what the game is, really. It is just Michael Fassbender running about on roofs. They kept it too close to the game, I think. And and splitting between, like, historical times and, like, modern times. The modern times were so boring. And then the historical stuff blew me away with how boring it could be as well yeah i really thought oh at least i get to see some fighting or something now and no just nothing <laughs> yeah. gave me nothing <laughs> yeah i can't even remember it i remember my dad my dad watched it a few weeks ago and he was like oh have you seen this i was like yeah don't watch it and he was like no i'll watch it anyway i was like you're gonna regret it and he was like no i'll make my own mind up and he was like yeah i should have trusted you that was horrific and i was like yeah well, there you go <laughs> So oh, no, I see something with Michael Fassbender, I get excited to be fair. Well, he's a bloody brilliant actor, I love him. Yeah. Um So this is right, so I'm I've been I've basically zoned all of that out because it was Assassin's Creed and I've been thinking about <laughs> Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Um Oscar Isaac doesn't doesn't sound anything like Solid Snake. And why didn't they just get the guy that voice acts Solid Snake? I dunno, is he a, is he an old man these days? Yeah, but Solid Snake is a pretty old guy. I think he's like he's yeah, not but... old. He's just like dad aged. Dad. Well, can we have Solid Snake going around with a walking stick, like Solid in Metal home, Gear Solid his, Four? Solid Snake's like eighty years old. He doesn't. He looks like fifty. No, no, he's 80. like well old in Metal Gear Solid Four because he's like Where... aged up. God, I haven't even How played it. So so he's in, mate, look, I can't explain the plot line of Metal Gear to you because it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's not. Okay. Well, that can be a whole separate podcast. He gets injected with with aging genes, and he like super aging ages, juice. and it's ridiculous. Whatever. Sounds a bit Captain America to me. I'm not excited. I'm excited about the Solid Snake film, but I'm not excited as well. I want a Solid horrified. Snake film. That's what I want. Oh, God, a sol- oh, don't get me started, Ollie. <laughs> actually, no. Actually, wait. Take that out of my mind because... Um, oh, what's his name? Why can't I remember Snape's name right now? 
Fucking Snake. Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan, Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah, go. Oh, mine. I had, a, had a mind wipe. Because it, it we couldn't only be Alan Rickman. Die Hard the other day. I, I want nothing to do with a Snape movie without Alan Rickman. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. Yeah. I saw I saw like a post not long ago and it was like, oh, like this person would make it like the perfect young Snape. And I was like, no. No, no not at all. <laughs> no, the only young Snape is young Snape and young Snape is dead. <laughs> so yeah, we're not getting it. Oh, speaking of which... I'm still not over it, so don't be talking about it. Yeah. But speaking of Harry Potter, actually, um, another film okay so let me just put this out there so i had maybe the best streak of good mu- good movies in a row that i've maybe ever had it was ridiculous i had like seven films in a row that was just insane um, i saw you've yeah. been loving it lately i have been absolutely fucking loving it so it started with king of comedy actually no that's a lie it started with mangrove the new steve mcqueen uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Film. then it was last week podcast i watched king comedy and taxi driver back to back and then citizen kane then Love is Rock, which I'll say was fucking maybe my favourite film of the year so far. Okay. Um, then The Thin Red Line by Terence Malick. Then I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can't talk it's about all these people be all It's on my yeah. big radar, that. Me and Toby um, once watched the first 20 minutes of The Thin Red Line. I yeah, and I then really we noticed I had to get the train in an hour and there was two hours and ten minutes of the film. It's a long left. old film. It's like <laughs> oh, three it's hours a long. long. Boy, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, then I watched this film called August in the Water, which... I won't go into too much detail. I'm well. I'm happy to write a post for it for my Instagram. But it's like yeah. it's very like not well known at all. It's it's like and it's probably the most underrated film I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. like it was so good. And then I, I was close up. It, yeah, exactly. But then it's, it, it looks quite it looks quite nuts. It, yeah. But then what what ruined the streak? What were we all here for? I watched What If with Daniel Radcliffe and. Adam no! Driver, and it was like oh the shittiest film I've seen I've the poster seen. for that so many times. Oh, uh, it's because oh. I was like, uh, yeah. Oh, I'm really sad. Is that the one where he like slams down the nachos? nachos. Yeah. He's like, what? I just had sex and I'm gonna eat some fucking nachos. Yeah, it's actually I, I don't know. Adam Driver was like the only redeeming part of that entire film because honest as much as I love Daniel Radcliffe and I try and give him credit whenever I can because I, I just love him so much his performance was fucking disgusting it was so bad um, yeah, well, but I, I, I hated it you've never seen Horns with the best I have seen Daniel horns. Radcliffe I have seen Horns <laughs> I'll tell you what I actually really liked Horns like no joke I actually quite I enjoyed it I think I went and saw it in the cinema like in like 20 20- 13 it must have come out yeah um, something like that but i actually was, was quite i remember into it being it. bad just to clarify I, these two are potter simps so they love, love anything love, love, with love daniel Rad- because they just pretend that it is harry potter well i when in oh, yeah. 2011 when woman of black came out and it was the most terrifying Ooh, film ever 2012. made 2012 2012 um i was like mum 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 me and my sister want to go see this film because it's got harry potter in it she was like are you sure it's a horror film and we're like yeah 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 yeah, we'll love it. It's got Harry Potter in. And then there I was, hiding behind my bloody coat yeah. the entire time. <laughs> Me because too. I was I, actually I... shitting myself. And then they changed it to a 15. So I was there, like 11 years old, watching this horror film. That was actually, should, swear, it should have been a 15. I swear it was a 12A. It was, but they've cha- been, they, it's oh, since been changed. On, I yeah. I, I honestly, the... re- I remember sitting there in the cinema with my hands over my eyes for like the last 30 minutes. It was quite... Last I was there with minutes. the boys. It was I watched probably time. the first five minutes. And then I was here. And then you got scared. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Guns Akimbo film is just an extended part of the Harry Potter universe. 
So I actually respect Daniel Radcliffe it. so much though for his never weird roles. It's the one way he, he has guns attached to his hand and he can't yeah, get rid of them. I've, see, I've seen the poster come up before. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. I, I can't see it being good, but I do. I can't wait to watch it. But then Swiss Army Man, I, fu- I actually love Swiss Army Man. I love that. He does a really brilliant it, job yeah. in that film. I, yeah, I, I genuinely so gave it like a 9 out of 10. I thought it was fucking brilliant. I'm still incredibly um, unsure of what that film's about. I haven't seen it yet, but well, it seems incredibly odd. Spoilers. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe's kind of... He's a dead man that comes right. up on a beach. and um, He could do whatever he wants. What's the other actor's name? Much. What's the other Paul actor's Dano. name? Paul Dano. Paul Dano, that's a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like him, actually. Yeah, he's um, amazing. Yeah. He finds him and basically Daniel Radcliffe can do whatever he wants. He's a Swiss army man. He can, like use his farts to be a boat in the sea <laughs> and like he can literally do anything that he needs to do like he can, he can like um, use his like his hands like grappling hooks and shit yeah. like that and this like spew water out his mouth as like drinking water it's, just... incredi- it's incredibly personal though and like the relationship between the two it's even all... though daniel radcliffe is like a dead man yeah i i i it's very heartwarming actually. yeah it's a really <laughs> touching film it's kind of all about like friendship and all this different bits but then there's a great quote from the director and he said the first fart makes you laugh and the last fart makes you cry and it's actually yeah. it's very true it's yeah. very, that's funny because it says here at the sundance film festival it earns the nickname the farting corpse movie yeah, so clearly there's a lot of farting yeah. yeah but then as we all know fart jokes were perfected in ozu's 1959 <laughs> film good morning which is another yeah. film that you, you should both watch yeah, but Adam Sandler changed the game on farting. You got to admit, Adam Sandler. God, Adam Sandler perfected <laughs> I mean, he it. He changed the game on the cinema. Let's not lie. Yeah. <laughs> He's transcended more than we can even understand. Yeah, well, I don't know if you, I don't know any, of any read my review for uh, Boogie Nights on uh, Letterbox, but I that would be away. cheating. That would be cheating. I can't. Do I that. stayed away. Oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll, re- I'll read this bit, which isn't it's not spoilers, and it's not going to spoil anything from the. Well, should we film. wait till we actually start talking about the film? Oh, okay. It's just because it had Adam, Adam Sandler's name in it. I thought it was right. Okay. Wait, how about we segue right now and start talking about the film? Sure, yeah. Crikey. Wait, do I, do I read it? Swiggity swooty. ready? Everyone need we're five seconds in. to prepare? I'm ready. Right, right, let me, buddy, get my notes up on my phone. Bloody hell, we're going in hot. We're going in raw. We're going in we're raw. <laughs> With a slow branch as we all desperately scramble to get our phone notes up. I actually wrote my notes. <laughs> oh, I wrote, With pen I wrote and paper, my... like an artiste. Well, I did as well. Oh, actually, well, well, I wrote, I wrote the shit notes on my phone, and I wrote actually something I wanted to say on paper. Yeah, fair. Um, but okay, I just want to get this out of there before we say anything. I think Paul Thomas Anderson is a bloody genius. He's one of my favourite directors ever, maybe, and I he's a, I just I think he's bloody brilliant, and he is. I'll say it. He's the best Anderson working today. And as much as as much as we all as much as we all love Wesley, I'd actually <laughs> knock him out of Paul RP2. And I, and I thought you meant Paul W. S. Anderson, the director of the Resident Evil films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can just refer to him as PTA, because that's what the that's what all the that's that's where he is in my heart. He's so he a, made he's this, an acronym. He was twenty six when he made this film. Which is really? just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty. That because I think about where I am at 21, and literally I'm so incapable. It's a joke. He made <laughs> well, this it's at 26 a, it's years film, old. This is nuts. Is it his second film? Uh, it was his second film. I think. Yeah. Hard Eight is his first, four. isn't it? 
Yeah, the, Hard yeah, is yeah. the only one I haven't seen now. Well, because for me, um, personally, um, the only other PTA film I'd ever seen was Punch Drunk Love. That's the same like, I, I've, I haven't seen any of the others yet. Yeah. Um, and it was, a, it was quite a big tonal shift between those two films, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you that, that this was like, in my, like revolutionary for me, in a way. Like, this film, I think, is honestly, like, amazing. It's like... This it's is a modern instant, classic. It's a modern classic, 100%. Yeah. This yeah. is, like, yeah. up there in the top five list for me. Like, I really or, felt all that time. way about it. Honestly, yeah. Bloody Blimey. hell. No wonder you wrote nine pages on it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, so, and the film, well, like, I don't know... Oh, go on, Ollie, you go first. Well, I was just going to say, in my brain i know it's a it's a massive comparison but i would compare uh in a lot of ways paul thomas anderson as like a modern kubrick i know that's i know it's crazy but um he is so versatile um and the only other director that i think matches his versatility is big stanley because like Paul can do, he can do body romance, he can do comedy, he can do... I have to say, like, I, did think, stuff. I did think that coming from Punch Drunk Love into this and seeing the, just the pure difference in the filmmaking technique, it did... It, it, and, uh, and knowing about what the other films that he's done, he, he is very... It does seem like he is very versatile. Like, he, this yeah, was nothing definitely. like... I mean, the cinematography is slightly like Punch Drunk Love just in terms of like the longer takes and the floating camera. Yeah. But it does feel entirely unique and it fully captures the tone and the atmosphere of doing the big pawns in the 80s. I so it was just great. I actually don't... I, for me, anyway, this I, I kind of felt a lot of similarities between this and it reminded me of like a mix of Scorsese and Tarantino's work. Like, oh yeah, just, because sure. like the f- like I mean the film is basically Goodfellas. Like I haven't seen like, Goodfellas. And no it's like a bad, a negatively a bad industry, <laughs> like a family who like Broken take part family. in this business. Like the open, the opening scene of this film and Goodfellas is basically the same. Oh, like cool. the the like incredible long shot from Goodfellas is it's like and then there's this where they're going into the club, they're going through the club, they're following God. Louise round. It's basically. The insane. opening scene was insane. There's a reason I watched it again before we started this, and I was going to watch the last scene as well, but I thought I was like, uh, I, I can <laughs> that's ingrained there's, there's in my no memory need to now. See yeah. Marky Mark's penis another time. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> the bloody the opening scene to this is phenomenal. Like the way the camera like floats around as like mm. well, I'll just say the choreography in the entire film is ridiculous. It's like it's, it's one of my favorite things about the film. It's like the not only are the actors kind of like moving around the camera the camera's like moving around them it's all very organic yeah. and it's it's um it's organic crazy. is the right word i love it in the opening when jack sees marky mark for the fuck can we call him marky mark from yeah, yeah, I, I, I was is, gonna this is yeah. basically marky mark era mark <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So I, want to call I was him gonna marky call him marky mark, mark. Yeah. Yeah. Marky it's a few years time. afterwards but i don't care he looks marky like mark such a young and boy and yeah so um when jack first sees marky mark and he's got like the the neon stars all behind him in like a row in the back of the hotel yeah hotel bar and marky mark yeah, like club. looks at jack yeah and it's like all of these neon stars i was just like i from that moment i knew that i was gonna love it 
I just like with the oh. opening finishing in that, I was just like already tr- big smile. <laughs> I'll trump you on that. I I knew I was going to love it about two, about two minutes before that when the camera went from body up in the air looking at the boogie night sign and oh, in, yeah. through the and doorway into the around. club yeah, yeah. And yeah. like just a continuous movement through the doorway into the club and then onto the dance floor i was like that was fucking ridiculous the soundtrack in this is nuts as well. oh i wrote Sorry, something I have down to about get that this out the way. yeah 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 but it's literally just absolutely huge song after song it, yeah it's just that's insane. what i wrote it never stops it literally never stops it, there's no breaks. There's honestly no breaks. And and sometimes you're in the middle of a dialogue scene and they just fucking cut it and they're going for another one. And you're like, cool, I thought I was only getting one banger in this conversation. But no, there's two. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally banger after banger. Um, and it... This, everything fits so well together. Like, I know I know it's, it's pretty easy to, to choose a... Like, a good soundtrack for a 70s porn film. Yeah. But, like... It's it it yeah. Before we go the any vibe, further, the can vibe I, is top um, notch. Can we talk about the the porn and like how much of an impact it has on the film and and because the film is about porn, but it's not it's not really about porn. Yeah, you know? yeah, like not really at all. The, the porn film's kind about of, family. The porn doesn't matter really. Yeah, like. Well, I'm glad. Wait, are we all are we all kind of in that same boat? Are we all that we kind of think that the main theme is like family and yeah, like what people would do to kind of feel good around like with people and about themselves and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I almost saw like the the work that has to be done to make the films almost like a comparison to the work you have to do to be in a family. Yeah, like the work that you have to do to like continue on if. It. Well, where am I going with this? God, you can do it. sound very insistuous. Get your get your pages yeah. out. Oh no, but it was like I remember. Um, so you, when they pick up Marky Mark on the side of the street, yeah. Um, yeah. I love how they're like, "Hey, do you remember <laughs> me from earlier?" And like, she's she sucked him off in the kitchen cupboard yeah. about two minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Julia Roberts is just like, "Come with us, baby," and he's just like, "Okay." Sure. And it's yeah. like, you would be, wouldn't you? I'd say, okay, I'd be in that car straight away. Yeah. yeah without, <laughs> well, if, without, if, without fail. If Julia Roberts yeah. said anything to me, I'd just get in her um, car. Yeah. Even if she was like, okay. do, you know, do, you, do you have directions? I'd be like, yep, yeah, I'll show it away. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, they're at dinner and they're saying, oh yeah, well, we need to buy this and we need to get this and it's going to cost like 30 grand for this. And it, and it was um, uh, Marky Mark and Roller Girl and Julia Robertson, Kurt, uh, Bert, yeah. Bert, Bert, Bert Reynolds, Bert, Bert Reynolds, Jack. Bert his Reynolds. Name's, his name's Jack. We'll call him Jack. Yeah. He's, the, the actor's name is Bert Reynolds. Um, yeah, yeah. But it almost reminded me of like, it, it was clearly set out to be like a family. Like she, they've got alcohol. Oh, yeah. They've got soft drinks. And when they're talking about like, oh, it's going to be thirty grand for this, it reminded me of like talking about college funds. Yeah. And like and like they're sitting there like oh yeah we could adopt you but then we've got to pay for all of this food for you and we're gonna to have to save up for college and that's well, gonna cost this well before... and it seemed like it was an like almost like an interview to be part of the family yeah well they're well... literally sat round the table you've got the mum and the dad, dad on one side and the two kids on the other yeah and it's like it literally with if if it started on that shot you just assume it was a family yeah exactly yeah. but let's talk about um Marky Mark's mum and his real family oh yeah like because obviously oh, he fuck. 
yeah. <laughs> I kind of forgot about their existence. I just sort of blocked them out because they were such <laughs> bastards. They were massive cunts, but I, I think it's, I think his relationship with his with his mum is important. Uh, in, Definitely. In look, when you look at his relationship with Jack, because obviously he, there's a huge theme of people wanting like love from someone else. Like Jack, like Jack wants uh, kind of love from people that he's like. The people watching his films, uh, Marky Mark wants, well, at, at the beginning, he wants love from his mum, and that kind of evolves into a want to have love from Jack, and um, everyone, everyone's and got... And like, more into wanting to be loved by everybody. Exactly. And, but, and, yeah. and also, he, he entirely lacks a father figure. Oh, yeah. Because his dad just sits in the bedroom Not really and saying prays, anything. doing nothing, Yeah. while yeah. The, mom, the alcoholic, abusive mum just calls him dumb. And yeah. Marky Mark dumbly replies, I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not dumb. Don't call me stupid. Don't call me stupid. I'm going to do things, Mark. No, I'm, I'm going to do, do it. I really hated when she started putting those posters off the wall. I was like, oh, like, leave the posters out of it. That, that actually upset tense. me more than everything else. Some, I was like, somehow the posters made me feel vulnerable. The posters because... being ripped up, I was like, shit. Well, because, well, well, I don't know. If, if, if you kind of dive into that deeper, like, People decorate their, their their rooms with their personality, don't they? They, well, yeah. they you set up your and room. She's ripping that apart. She's she's yeah. literally yeah. tearing down who he is, which um, is which like is just, verbally and metaphorically, which is Bruce Lee and naked women. That's what we <laughs> we learn from his bedroom wall. Oh, yeah. I love the, um, of I Bruce love, Lee. I love that she's like none of this stuff is yours. I paid for all of this. And yeah. I thought, he's got two jobs. He's earning shit yeah. money, right? What has he been doing with this money all of this time? Apart yeah. from buying... Is he like, hey, mom, can dick, I have these nudie posters, please? I've written them out in the magazine. Can you order them? And mum's yeah. like, yeah, cool. Yeah, Tell me on. he hasn't bought them posters himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I doubt I, um, the Christian mum is buying the naked woman posters. Exactly. Yeah. There's also um, one of the posters in this room is, is also in Eric Foreman's bedroom in that 70s show. So I was like, this is 70s to the T. Uh, <laughs> I loved um, the first time that Marky Mark goes into his bedroom, the camera kind of follows him in and it's basically on the ground. And it's at his like dick a, level. It's That's doing it like it, it's doing like a, it does a 360 from him and it goes around like the lower half of the room. And yeah. it's quite like a bog standard, boring boys room nothing there there's like the one poster and then it like gets to his gets to the shot of his cock yeah he was staring at it and he touches it the and then the music like shifts instantly and the camera pans up and we go back around the room but we're looking at all of the posts and stuff on the wall yeah, this time it's, it's pretty genius and it's like it is genius it's like he was hiding who his true self was before but then as soon as it's like unleashed like he pulls his trousers down and he's he can see the you can see the size of his cock suddenly yeah. it's like god i'm a god <laughs> well i also i Going back to <laughs> massive donkey schlong. I actually love that. Well, um, oh, go on, Toby. The, the, the donkey schlong, the 13-inch prosthetic penis, right? Oh, it looks so odd. I, was, <laughs> I, I, was, I wanted to know. So I, I, I saw some interviews with Marky Mark where he was talking about the prosthetic penis thing and the fact that he had to go and have some, some, some old men had to, like, straddle around his penis and make this thing yeah yeah um and then he had to like walk it apparently the first iteration which was based on i think it's john holmes or something who's the 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 70s porn star that the film is basically based on yeah Yeah. um 
the the penis was like down past Marky Mark's knees, and so it's like PCA asked him to come on set. Then he comes on set with the prosthetic penis on to show yeah. everybody, you know, just dangling out, and it's like down past his knees. So he had to go back and have it redone, yeah. obviously to the size that you see in the film. But he still kept it. He well, still owned. Yeah, he, uh, he still owns the big penis. That's nice. amazing. And I want to know what does he keep the big penis in? I hope it's like you know when you know when like people have like samurai swords on their walls. <laughs> I, I hope he's just I got like it's... a. I hope it's like a weird, like, like he would keep some weird bugs or something. It's in a jar of liquid. That's <laughs> yeah. how I imagine it. It's, it's like, like grown its own, like, like geosphere. Yeah. But uh, oh. also, on the nature of things that are just slightly um, unnatural and weird, um, <laughs> what the fuck happened to Don Cheadle halfway through? He turned into someone else. Did anyone... Like, I don't know if what I was going mean? crazy, but I swear, like, there was a moment where, like, um, Don Cheadle's character, like, wasn't Don Cheadle. And what do you then, mean he wasn't Don Cheadle? Like, what do you it, mean he wasn't well, Don Cheadle? I know, I, I think I got confused with the different characters, but like there was a moment where I thought they switched out the actor, and <laughs> it really confused me. And that, part of me thinks I'm right, I don't know, because it was like, it was a different guy that wasn't Don Cheadle, and he was talking about stereos. No, it's the same guy. It's this, it, it's Don I would recognise Don Cheadle anywhere. Time. No, there was a bit where right it wasn't now? Don Cheadle. It's Don Cheadle the whole time. Are you just the... getting confused when he sat at the party and he looks like like? Jesus no, no, when he looks like Buddy Bob Marley in a yeah. in an Egyptian outfit. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I was probably just losing it to be honest. But I think you were losing yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I was just too busy thinking about Marky Mark's schlong but actually saying that um, he's all consuming it is but at the end uh because i could like feel that it, i knew i was close to the end i could tell it was gonna end soon i i picked up my phone to look at the time so i was like oh, i wonder how long's left and like as i looked as i picked up my phone <laughs> looked at it i, I must have like read a, a notification as well kind of my eyes were on my phone for like 10 seconds yeah i looked back at the screen and it was just out and i didn't <laughs> I, I, so I didn't see it come out it was just there so then i had to rewind it to see like what how did it happen <laughs> i was so happy it came out at the end when it came yeah. out george and i both just like looked at each other with this massive grin we were like Ooh! and uh just for reference you'd never see his penis throughout the entire film until the last like three seconds it's the ultimate um, payoff really and it is because a lot he he pulls it out a lot of times on set and stuff and they always just cut to like a close-up reaction of people reacting to seeing it rather than ever yeah. showing it, they, which, they, is, yeah. which works way more effectively the whole yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. It's like, especially serious. porn is like filmed for the actors' reactions. Yeah. It's not the sex isn't really filmed. It's just sort of like normally a close-up of their face and how how they're acting. Yeah, well, and like I the, like the, that. The sex scenes are like. It's maybe well, I don't know. It's the only, it's the only, it's the only film I've ever seen where like the sex scenes are like um, constructive. It's like they're not the sex scenes yeah. for horniness. They, they they're actually like, tell you something. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're actually a part of the story. And I think um, I think that was important because if you're gonna make a film about porn, you you can't be this weirdly perverse, self-indulgent porno flick. Yeah, because then you just end it's up like, like the, the, the mature thing was what happened in Boogie Nights. Like it feels mature, it feels adult, it doesn't feel like sex for the sake of sex. Yeah. It feels like it's important. And I enjoyed that. I liked that. I didn't feel awkward at any point because it's like it wasn't just watching two people have sex for, yeah. for that. 
Well, even it was quite weird though, because obviously, um, uh, buddy Julie, 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 Ju- Ju- Joanne, Joel, 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 Joel. 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 She's yeah. she's who, his wait, mum. Who are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. The Ju- mum, Ju- 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 Julia Roberts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Julia Roberts. She's effectively his mum, and then they yeah, they, yes. the, they his first day on the job, he just has to have sex with his symbolic mum this which, is well, something at, at i had point, an issue with at the this whole point time. they weren't I, she wasn't his symbolic mum at this point yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah that, but then looking back time. on it it's like the fact that they like, grow I mean, closer they, together they have, sex, they have sex outside of porn oh yeah yeah when, like, yeah, when she's basically his mum yeah oh yeah yeah or at, at the um the new year's it's towards party. the end oh okay i won't go into the new year's part yet because fuck me that's a whole yeah, bo- we'll different get, box we'll of frogs yeah 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 um oh can i just before we go on from that the that that scene where um marky mark pulls his penis out for the first time and he cuts towards the reactions oh my god philip seymour hoffman is in this film and he plays a character called scotty (laughs) and in this moment he is literally frothing at the mouth seeing mark Wahlberg's penis he's like visibly shaking i can see saliva pouring out of his mouth looking (laughs) at it it's actually amazing (laughs) well he's like a prime example of like because everyone wants uh, going back to like everyone wants love from someone else he is he is literally just after uh marky mark's uh penis affection and his he does desperately Basically. desire Marky Mark's penis affection. But yeah, I going back to what I said earlier. This is what I said. I said this to George earlier. There's like a there's like a big thing I kind of noted down, but it's so hard to articulate because I just don't really know how to say it. But like, there's so much like there's a such a huge theme of like people being passionate and people um, like loving things, but also needing love. And like everyone, everyone's like like Don Cheadle's passionate about. Uh, hi-fi systems, hi-fi systems yeah. uh, Jack's passionate about the porn industry Marky Mark's passionate about this sex in general but there's like a whole thing about because I'd argue that even though this the film is like about family and like uh, all this kind of stuff it I'd push it further and to say this, the film in in a way is about like what people would do to to, to feel good just to have like a have like a like just yeah. to feel happy and feel um good about themselves it is just yeah it's it's about clubs drugs alcohol porn sex it's like everything um everything about this film is associated with pleasure so it's just and like marky mark's character like we find out at the beginning that like there are clubs closer to his home that he could work out but he wants to work at this one because because like this environment is what makes him feel feel good and Like, I, well, sex is like the ultimate um, symbolism for that, isn't it? It's just it, yeah. ev- everyone wants to wants like pleasure and to feel good. But what's well, I mean, going a bit, I don't know, not deeper, but like the ultimate well, pleasure for anyone, isn't it, is to be loved and to feel like yeah. um, like passionate about things, isn't it? That's like that's it. it. That's kind of what it's all about. And I wasn't too sure about that, but then looking at PTA's filmography, he's he's very obviously a romantic. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if like that was on his mind. Well, the the whole the whole film is really a, a a boy turning into a man and taking responsibility, and yeah. along that path, you see what happens with everyone, which is that battle between you know pleasure and responsibility. Oh yeah, well, and I think that this 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 the 
the sex for Marky Mark is is about feeling that power of being loved and being adored and yeah. being worshipped. And porn is something that he can channel that feeling through. Yeah. But yeah, because definitely. he doesn't have the responsibility to deal with the the lifestyle of working in the porn industry, it breaks him. But that I really enjoyed the fact that it ended on a positive note. For as dark as it got at times, the fact that he does mature and he picks himself up off his ass. Yeah. And he takes responsibility and he gets his yeah. big dick out in the mirror for the boys. <laughs> yeah. Was was really was really wholesome. It what? really ended on such a note for me. I, I think I don't from know, that it didn't I I didn't quite see it as that wholesome of an ending. I thought it was I mean, wholesome. It's like the industry that they that they all love it and is... what they want to make is dead. Yeah. That is dying yeah. and there's no coming back from it. Like for for Jack and for Jack, his like his rock bottom was like the reality porn in the car with Ron Oh yeah, the fake taxi like, scene. Yeah, and then the the like the rock bottom for Marky Mark was after the drug. Like I mean, he has the thing in the car park where he gets beaten up. But yeah. then the crazy drug deal scene, which I'm sure we'll get onto. Yeah. Um oh, I've lost my train of thought again, haven't I? Well, um oh, let me George. let me let me go on to something from that though, because I think the reason I think the ending is wholesome is because I don't think that um but obviously the, the like you said, the industry is dying and they're they're inevitably just going to fail anyway. But like that's the kind of um reward from the final scene is that as his 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 like character gets lower and lower in life and he he like he loses his his like passion and his kind of drive for what he what he lo- what he loves doing and everything mm. he eventually loses love for himself and that i think well he even he can't even get a bloody yard on because yeah because he's so because he's, so, he's so like i don't know out of love with himself out of love with himself and then the, but then and- the last scene is him he can find he can look at you like he he's happy with who he is again he's like he's happy like he's like proud of yeah. his giant donkey song and he's like, <laughs> he's like yeah here it is and then we he even though it's um even though the film doesn't break the four four or anything he is showing he's showing it to the audience like what without, without knowing it but um, oh yeah and i mean i mean he's the the dialogue he's reading is so it basically does break the fourth wall like yeah. the dialogue for the script he's reading is so incredibly relevant that it's just ridiculous but that's that like, scene is like it, that is him the last scene is because when i first watched it i was like oh this is just a big funny payoff and we get to see his big uh big swinging dick oh ha 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 yeah. but then afterwards i was like wait a minute that was actually quite emotional because it's yeah. it's marky mark coming like he's finally come to terms with who he is and he's happy he's happy with who he is and i mean if we're going to talk about the ending we should talk about how similar the uh the ending is did the, the you know the the scene at the end the family scene at the end yeah that is identical to the opening scene um with like, the, like how the camera moves around and it's kind yeah, of like I- Jack yeah. sort of patrols the house. Yeah. He checks in on everyone and he acts like a dad. He, and he he's, wants he's, he wants Roller Girl to clean her room. Yeah. That was like, I honestly think that was my favourite bit of the film. Yeah. 
But it's like the parallel, the um, the technical parallels yeah. between the opening scene and that scene are like almost yeah. identical. It's well, like it's the, the camera moved around, uh, moved around the room as if it did when it started, and it's like that feeling of like uh, euphoria from the opening scene because that's that's when the film's at its, it, at its kind of happiest, really, when it's when it yeah. starts because it kind of all slowly goes down from there. That kind of well, feeling I don't know. of do you well, not I, think like? Do you not think peak Marky Mark was the happiest point? Well, not like, from Marky Mark's you... perspective, but like I mean, like from like a tonal point of view, it, it's okay. literally like uh, oh yeah, we, no, it's we like fly down into this it, club. And I know, yeah. I know, I, I even when I rewatched it the second time, it's like it came on and I was literally standing up, boogieing out. I was vibing. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. I, I don't mean from a character point of view because obviously Marky Mark goes mm. goes up and up and up until yeah, he yeah, crumbles. Yeah. But like from like a tonal point of view, anyway, that scene is like kind of the it's like peak 70s happiness everyone's feeling good and then that is mirrored um in the kind of wholesome family scene at the end uh with this kind of same camera movements and how everything's kind of organically moving around again and yeah i thought that was really nice i don't know i never really noticed about that the technically it is it is pretty much the same i I feel like I didn't clock that till now, yeah. Yeah, because there there are a lot of draw, drawn out scenes um, in the film, but the camera doesn't really do that until that moment. The only time it kind of does that again is um is when they kind of they they found their kind of wholesome family love within each other. Well, yeah. most of the scenes in the film, they are they are drawn out scenes, but they're so they're so tasty because. <laughs> a lot of the time, there's there's characters just chatting shit. I mean, oh, John when, C. Riley and Marky when Mark's, Marky Mark's like stepbrother, essentially stepbrother. I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Re- Reed. Yeah. His name. When he's like talking to him about how he's from, how he looks like Han Solo from Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like it makes it feel so organic because you're seeing these interactions between all these people. And it's just like family interactions. They're just is, nonsensical yeah. shit chatting. Well, it's like, you know, but the it's scene about the... that bond and connection and the fact that they can just be themselves with each other. Yeah. Well, when they're in the beautiful. swimming pool, when those two are in the swimming pool and they're, it's literally like two brothers playing around in a swimming yeah. pool. They're trying I, to I, I imagined, each other and stuff. I imagine John C. Riley, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Marky Mark as like three cousins. Yeah. It's kind of the way I did it. They weren't like close enough to be brothers i felt yeah but, um and it's like when they all go out and buy the shirts the matching oh shirts, my god and like marky mark and john c Riley look fine in them yeah and philip seymour hoffman looks dreadful well, do you want such what... a classic family yeah. moment, i feel like uh, i've got a bit of fun trivia okay considering i said about star wars wait hold the... on what? i just want to i just want to say uh, before we moved away from the shirts, <laughs> one, of the, one of the only things I wrote this in my important. notes was, um, wait, did I write it down? Yeah, the last thing I wrote in my notes was, I want us to get matching shirts. <laughs> okay, okay I yeah, see, I, yeah. I, I back that. We can do a cool like cover photo for the podcast with us all wearing like uh, Hawaii... <laughs> yeah. I can't think of anything worse. Oh, at, at the beginning of my notes, I also wrote, "I've never wanted to go to a fictional place more in my life," and that, that was that was a club scene at the beginning. Right. But yeah, go, the first sorry, thing Kobe. I wrote was, "Don't stop, big stud." <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I wrote that as well in capital letters. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I wrote that in capital stop, letters. Don't stop, big stud. <laughs> yeah, and it's just the only thing I wrote in all caps is just don't stop, big stud. And oh, above that, I wrote pedo energy. <laughs> so the the big fun trivia yeah. was the stereo system that Don Cheadle was always trying to sell. Yeah. The TK421 yeah, yeah. is yeah. not a real stereo system, obviously. But actually, is the name of the stormtrooper that Luke Skywalker steals the armor from oh, yeah. in the nineteen seventy seven A New Hope? That's amazing. At, because that's the first year of Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow, well, I, I just thought that was really cool. I feel like that's the kind of trivia I would know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. TR You're the Star Wars I kn- fan yeah, no, I know, I know TR forty one, my guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my man, TR forty one. <laughs> TK forty one, I think. Fuck. Oh, I, um, I, I'm rooting for the other one. You fake um, fan. I don't know what everyone else wanted to talk about, but I um feel like I had a few more things to say about his like original family and the impact that that has on yeah um like the rest of the film. Yeah, sure. I, well, it's um, very important. Because I I love the the her for what we see now was like an extremely over the top reaction. Marky Mark's going out. He's got he's got a girly on the go. These that, that he's getting with. Yeah, and she's not. She's not his uh, a quote unquote whore. Um, yeah, yeah. And she is like absolutely disgusted that he would go out and have sex with her. Yeah, and 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 it's like she's like, oh, is she your girlfriend? And he's like, no. And she seems to be more pissed off about that. I think in his head, in the moment, the character is meant to think that that's a better thing to say. Yeah, that's yeah, not his yeah. girlfriend. Yeah, but somehow that seems to make it worse. And it made me think like he's pursuing his porn career like it's already basically started at this point he's met jack for the first time um like how would she she would never ever accept that for him like based well, I, on what she said previously well I so love basically that because... the end of his family life is basically already come yeah, yeah. well I it's like it. oh god <laughs> sorry when the when he pulls up at the end in the car the car's broken down and he's he's pushing it along yeah, yeah. I, and it genuinely looks like his family neighborhood and I'm i thinking, never ever I'm thought for thinking, a second that uh, yeah but there was there, a part yeah. of me that originally was like no way does he go back yeah. to his he was always going back to, he was going back here. to his real family always, and then when he always. walks into jack's house it is like it's bittersweet because on the one hand it's like this is very epic yeah marky marks being accepted back into the family but it was bittersweet the fact that he wasn't actually going back to his real family because he's still if anything he's made it worse he can't he can never go back to his original family why would he ever want to go back no not that he would want to go back but it's like obviously there are some like there are some negative things in this family's life like that that scene with roller girl and julia roberts where they're just snorting lines back to back and she calls her a mom and they're talking about going to pottery class that's so great though it's like i love that scene but it's not it's not not exactly yeah it's quite dark it's it's, and julia roberts is like i don't think they ever really touch on it again this is sort of the lowest point for julia roberts i think well i don't know when she's like yeah you're my mom like, because that, that's very we, relevant when we're talking about the, the but, family aspect of this film, her relationship with her kids. Yeah, weirdly, that it was this scene for me that felt lower for her. Because it was kind of like, at this point, we hadn't really... I don't know, yeah, we, she missed the call from her son earlier on. But it's like, she's like, oh, I, I miss my two sons, Dirk and Thingy. She's already replaced her son with Dirk. Yeah. And then she's like, 
you are my mum, right? I want you to be my mum. And it's like, she hasn't offered this or said it herself. This is what Roller Girl wants. Yeah. And she says yes, but it doesn't quite feel like she really is saying yes. I don't mm. know. And then she's like pacing around the room. Like, what have she's I like done? And she, she's like, about, she's about to have a freak out. And when she's like, she calls her mum again, the look on her eyes is not, I don't think it's one of, yes, my beautiful daughter. It's like, fucking hell i've really have some fucking complex issues this fucking girl thinks i'm a mother well it's like i've lost mark i've lost my other son yeah what i'm doing cocaine yeah. with my daughter right now well, that's yeah. exactly it though isn't it because um oh, like up until then her character is wanting um like she wants well not so much her real kid because she keeps on mugging him off but like she she kind of <laughs> wants to be a mum she like her whole thing is that she wants to be a mother but then when she finally when someone kind of gives it to her straight up like oh like i'm gonna ask if you're my mum you say yes it's like she she's kind of faced with the responsibility of motherhood like there and then yeah um which she hasn't been able to deal with so far because she keeps on fucking and i I like how she doesn't ask if she are you my mum she says i'm gonna ask you are you my mum and you're gonna say yes yeah and then she goes she has no choice yes yeah yeah but that's that's almost like uh her lifestyle has led her to that like her her, her who she is as a person has led her to that moment like there's no there's there's no other um there's like no escape from her being these these symbolic kids parent figure you know it's like yeah. um she can't she can't just be teasing him like that. <laughs> but okay i want to talk about the new year's eve scene the new year's eve cuz i think there's like i think pta himself he has like throughout the film he brilliantly brilliantly kind of emphasized uh like what the effects of like time has on like relationships and and like passion and like love for things and how it just kind of like everything deteriorates over time and like nothing um lasts in its original form i guess and that is literally perfectly uh kind of embodied by this by this night there's like a there's like a constant tension that is like always building with this quite literal clicking talk uh, clicking talk ticking clicking talk <laughs> sharp <laughs> it's just this lit this literal ticking, ticking clock block. of the new year that isn't only a new year it, they're leaving behind the 70s which is yeah. like they're kind of it's almost like a personality trait for all of them. It's like, yeah. and then there's this whole business deal with Jack where he's having to move away from film into the kind of new era of, um, of video. And, he's, and I, I want to like, talk about that further later. Yeah, yeah. and he's very yeah. kind of like, um, I don't know, there's this, there's this great kind of motive of um, how time affects people and relationships and passion and like what it does and the, yeah this scene is like everything is building to this climax and yeah. everything's kind of getting more and more tense and it almost felt like a bloody horror film for a second like <laughs> it's every, such a tonal shift it's every, the everything starts moving faster even in the background people are running about and like there's that bit where philip seymour hoffman like takes mark out to his car and you almost think like oh like mark doesn't want to he doesn't want to finish his his like this isn't where he wants to spend his his new year his, yeah. his new year but but the time's running out because all these people are kind of trying to get yeah him and it's like and weirdly it, weirdly in that moment with with Scotty with Philip Seymour Hoffman I don't know about you I really thought 
that the marquee was going to do something with him like weirdly nah. like like no. like 30 seconds like after after like two rejections i was and and then they're hugging and stuff i was for a second i was like something weird really odd about to happen but it didn't yeah but um oh, it's, speaking of philip seymour hoffman and considering you guys both really like this film you guys both have to watch magnolia it's like it's I, I prefer Magnolia to this film in Paul Thomas Anderson's filmography. I see. And yeah. you, it's very like um, it's not similar in like in like t- tone because obviously this is quite a kind of like I don't know like bright, but I don't know. Magnolia is very dark, but it's kind of the way it kind of bounces around with different characters and like different storylines almost. It's like very similar, and all the cast is kind of the same. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's fucking brilliant. So you guys should watch that too. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I think the uh, the best Philip Seymour Hoffman film's got to be uh, The Hunger Twister. Games Mockingjay <laughs> Part 2. <laughs> yeah. The film that drove him to his death. Yeah, exactly. Also, the, ma- the Master, another PTA film that you both need to watch with. I know, I was, I was picking up The Master to YouTube the other day. I, I thought about doing The Master for this week's podcast. Oh, yeah, you did. Didn't well, I, I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really want to watch it, but I want you to watch it. <laughs> I've not seen it, so um, I will watch it soon. Oh, yeah, let's. Um, we, I kind of segued, but um, the New Year's Eve night. Yeah. Um, the best night. So, if, the, with Little Bill, the AD, and his wife, and, and that whole part, how do we feel about that? I thought it was bloody great. I, I, it's, I, the de- it's the death of porn, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, it's the death of porn. It's the death of family. It's the death of love. Yeah. It's all of these things in one. And it's just fucking excellent. The, the, when he goes to his car and you just know, as soon as he starts opening his car, you just know he's getting a gun. Yeah. And I love it. He left the, his drink the, on top of the car, which I thought was great. The image just holds so much to the story and so much changes at that point. The party really is over. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, the 70s well, yeah, are dead. Yeah. Cinema and film is dead. And, and the I, family's I dead. The, I love the the shooting happens two seconds before midnight. They don't yeah. even get to celebrate yeah. the new decade before the last one's dead already. It just well, hits them it in dies, the face. It, it hits them in the face they, when they're least expecting it, yeah. 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 Well, that his, his him killing his wife and her lover and then himself, is, that's... it. Well, yeah, like Toby said, it's the death of the 70s, isn't it? It's the death of everything mm-hmm. they kind of hold true um, to themselves and what they associate with, like, with, like, feeling good and a good time. It's like... Everything is everything. It yeah, everything gets killed along with them. I'm sorry, but that man and his mustache and his revolver and his and his cut queen wife, right? He did not get a break during that entire film. Even at the start, oh. when Marky Mark is walking out of the club and he gets picked up by Jack, you can see him in the background taking a parking ticket off of his fucking car, yeah. and it's like. The man just stands there while a crowd of people stare at his wife getting oh, absolutely railed, and it's just like this is so bad. I because I, um when he I like the um I I don't remember the scene when he's getting picked up, but I remember when Marky Mark's walking out the side of the club and he's walking towards like the light and the opening of the front of the club where everyone else is leaving by. Yeah. But but Bill the AD this guy 
has like left the club but gone into the dark and he's gone in the alleyway and he walked parks mar- past Marky Mark like away from the like warmth of the club yeah and it's like he's sep- he's like so separated from everybody else yeah well I oh I didn't this isn't really like a like a hot take on a film but I, I just wanted to say because well the writing throughout this film is phenomenal but I actually loved it when you know when he, he watches his wife having sex in the ground oh, and yes. everyone's watching them I've got it written and that, down and that guy and he goes oh my fucking wife and I thought um, even that that as the start of the sentence was amazing because he's literally <laughs> talking about his his fucking yeah. wife Wait, I, I've, got the, wife I've got the quote fucked. I've got the quote written down I'll read out my fucking wife has an ass in a cock right yeah. now. That's the line. <laughs> and and uh, I really hope that like he fucked the line on set. And then, and then we're like, that's it. great. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I that's think exactly that must have I been thought. how it went down. Yeah, yeah, completely. It, it works perfectly. He's so dazed by the situation. He can't even talk properly. It's, yeah, it's great. I, I pray to God that it was accidental because that that's not the best, not the best accident ever. I, I, um, I wrote down about... Um, like, about... The, like the sexual revolution and, and newfound sexual freedoms in the 60s and 70s yeah. and how little bill is like has been largely negatively affected by it like i feel like there are you see other relationships in in the film where like they're frosty relationships you know that this person wants to leave this person yet yeah. like when push comes to shove they're still there for each other like on new year's eve Buck and um, Betty, I think her name is, or Becky. Um, like she has just met that other guy that she ends up marrying, but she's still there two minutes before a New Year's Eve with Buck. Yeah. Not this new guy. Whereas like she can't even be there for a husband on New Year's Eve at midnight. She's off fucking this other guy. Yeah. She, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was also glad that they just didn't show them fucking... I feel like because it was the third time I saw the wife fucking, I was just happy to not see the wife fucking. And the wife wasn't shown fucking and it was great. I was like, that that was a big moment for me that was like, I I just, it wasn't self-indulgent porno. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it works specifically well because the other two times she kind of, she acknowledges him. There's like, when he walks in the first time, they stop having sex, they talk for like 30 seconds and then he leaves. The second time when they're like out on the driveway, she's like, oh, you're embarrassing me in front of everyone. And then this third time, he opens the door and walks into the room and stands there. And you can see in the shadow, they don't stop having sex. Nothing stops, nothing changes. He stands there and watches them and she doesn't, it's clear she doesn't even acknowledge him. And that's why he does it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, he. He was one of my favorite characters. To be honest, I thought I thought he. Done <laughs> no, I really li- I liked him. He was yeah, one I of, thought he was great. I, I felt bad for him the whole time. I felt so so bad. Well, um, he's also in Magnolia, and his, his character's even sadder at that. He plays a great. He plays like, a great cuck. A great cuck, yeah, he does. Uh I would say this should we just should we launch into the the drug the drug deal? Oh sure. I feel like that's the other meaty bit. Yeah, yeah I think that's one of the meaty parts we haven't quite got to yet. And it will it'll, it'll round it off. It, it already kicks off there. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Alfred Alfred Molina's amazing performance. <laughs> he was so great. 
what is the the like drug dealer yeah you know dr octopus yeah my favorite performance in that scene was the firecrackers so oh uh, what cosmo or whatever his name <laughs> yeah. was i think his name's yeah. cosmo yeah. yeah i wanted to to say this so i, I don't I, it could just be it could not be relevant at all but um you know the the john cassavetti's film the killing of a chinese bookie Yes. Well, that character, uh, he like uh, explicitly said that he was Chinese, and his name was Cosmo. And the main character in Killing of a Chinese Bookie, his name's his his name is Cosmo. So oh, I don't wow. know. I don't know if that has any see. relevance, but I, I I noticed it. I reckon there's a big relevance there. Yeah. So this 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 final sort of segment of the film where they go to the drug dealer's house and and they they essentially without knowing get caught up marky mark and his big dick get caught up <laughs> in a plan to rob the floor safe of this drug dealer's house yeah right? they, they, they want no part of it they, they, they don't know come, it's even gonna happen yeah they've just come they've come to mug him off five grand for a bit yeah. of baking powder basically bit of baking powder. Yeah. but then um but then biggie small shows up with a biggie with a small is not dead <laughs> <laughs> he lives on in Biggie Night. Yeah. Biggie Smalls never died. He became an actor, and he's and you can see him in nineteen ninety-seven. He he was he was a weapon of a man. He was, no... and when he pulls out the double M nine eleven, yeah, he just guns. He just, he just like, gunning. He just starts in. gunning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He completely whiffs the mark. Yeah. Mark and, and, to be fair, if you can have two guns, you should at least be able to hit someone from like six feet away. Yeah. So if you can't aim with two, just use one, mate. Like... <laughs> it's like that. Ma- that's a powerful man, right there. That's really what masculinity is about. I mean, to be honest. Uh, buddy Marky Mark and John C. Riley, they didn't even have guns. Biggie Small should have just run at them. He literally could have closed yeah, on yeah. both and just killed them. Yeah. And I like how they, was... they're like, I'm sorry, mister, we knew nothing about this. We just want to leave. <laughs> and he's like and he's like, Yes, yes, boys, I understand, don't worry. And then as soon as the guy like pulls a gun out, it's like Biggie Smalls is just like, cool, I'm gonna gun these guys down. He's, yeah. he's, he's unarmed men, I'm gonna gun them down. Uh, I, I kind of, I, I was like, fair play. Because, like, yeah. for, for, all, for, all they, for all Biggie Smalls knows, that was all part of their ploy or something. You just, you just, yeah, in that situation, you've got to start gunning, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Biggie's a bit nervous around guns after having survived his assassination. That is yeah. his alternate timeline. Yeah, little so, do you know what's in the safe is, buddy. It's Tupac's dead body. (laughs) (laughs) It's Tupac's dead body and who was standing on the grassy knoll that day. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a pretty dark scene. And also, Cosmo really fucked me up. I'm not oh my god, that it. was fucking brilliant, though. That was, like, it's one of the genius. best things ever. You, you Like, I was... I, I know, well, I'm going to say the obvious thing here, but it just sounds like there's gunshots going off left, yeah. right, sending. You don't know what they're, you're they're, they're baiting you into thinking that... I can't remember what this guy's the, called. Ned or something, this guy? The guy, the guy they're friends with Alfred from, from the, from oh, the party no. boy club or whatever I can't remember oh, the I guy with the gun it. like they keep baiting you into thinking that he's fine he shot the guy yeah. off screen yeah. all the time and it works so effectively when the music cuts out and it goes off you're like oh, you expect like blood to start coming out of the dealer or something and then nothing happens it was yeah. just, also, just firecrackers when um, when uh, old Alfie put, did the uh, put one bullet in his gun, swinged it round, and put it to his head. I, I actually yeah. like, I winced so hard. I was so sure he was just going to kill himself. Oh, that that really reminded me of Lahen. 
Boy, that, the that, same that thing. They go home. to a coke dealer and he's in a dressing gown. And he's oh coked God, up. Yeah. And he yeah. puts a bullet in a gun and he puts it to his head and he shoots it. Yeah, they're very similar scenes. It's literally, it was literally like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, is this an homage to Le Hen? I can't tell. It probably better be. Le Hen's like... Like, it was very similar. I moved Le Hen, Le, Le Hen up to my second favourite film of all time on my on my big list a couple weeks I ago. Just wow, got that, the, that's a I, huge move. That's a that's an interesting move. Yeah. I got the new, I got the new BFI copy of it. And um, I'm subjecting the parents to it on the weekend. Oh, it's wow. like, love that. I loved it when yeah. I watched it. And then I rewatched it. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is an undeniable masterpiece. And it's one of my favorite films I've ever seen. Anyway, um, we're not anyway, talking about anyway, yeah, anyway. We're talking about Boogie Woogie Wonderland. That is the one that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Biggie, yeah. Biggie Nights. <laughs> Biggie, Biggie, Biggie Nights. R.I.P. Biggie Nights. Yeah. Biggie Nights. R.I.P. Biggie, Biggie, Biggie Nights. <laughs> Biggie Smalls and Suge Knight. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, but but the, so the um the drug deal scene is is the point in which Marky Mark realizes this, this fuck. I need to change something in my life. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 in his rut. He's a full blown drug addict. Yeah, he's fucked. Even his car is fucked. Everything's fucked. Oh, also, how he epic was awful. it that he just rolled down the street on his car that wasn't even like on? <laughs> they just. They just took the hand. They took the handbrake off and just like cruised down the street. Yeah, it's like, thank fuck the drug dealer lived on a hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, also, and I want to know where John went. Side of a barn with a shotgun. Either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah there wanna... was a lot of shooting in this scene. Yeah, where people should have died and people didn't die. Yeah, I love that Reed just jumps into the bush and then I we just know where never went. ever see him again. See him yeah. Again. yeah. Oh no, he does the magic, doesn't he? Oh, we do see him again. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. I forgot about that. I just for some reason I actually thought that was the last time we ever saw him in the film. When he's doing that magic trick and the girl comes out of her tits, that is so funny. Oh, yeah, also, what the hell actually, was that? Um, <laughs> speaking of that though, that is like that that whole scene of him doing the magic. Um, I mean, it's not very relevant because you guys haven't seen it, but that that was very reminiscent of the uh the killing of a chinese bookie as well it kind of okay. looked like the club from that film and like Honestly. there's like naked girls on the stage and and all like all i could think about was um arrested development that's all oh, i could think about job. job doing and because he's like when he's like swinging around the swords and stuff job yeah. literally does exactly that in arrested development yeah. he always does some like swordy stuff oh yeah <laughs> He's always got um, a knife in his mouth. I haven't actually seen the tricks were quite underwhelming as well. Yeah, there, were, there was bad tricks. <laughs> I actually, well, I don't think he was ever meant to be a great magician. magician yeah. oh, I loved it when uh, in um, Julia Moore's film, and she interviews him, and he's like, "Oh, I've got other, I've got other interests. Like, I like magic." And then he, he like goes to say something else, and he goes like, "Oh, well, maybe that's something I'll go into in the future." And he like, I don't know. I just thought it was really sweet. It was quite cute how he like how. I don't. Know. I don't. Know. It was just really like I. I, lo- I liked him as a character, and I like that he's. I like that he likes magic. It was, I don't know. Yeah. Can we just get it straight? Is it Julia Roberts or is it Julianne Moore that was in this film? It's Julian. Julianne Moore. Really? Uh, you've all I, been I saying, Julia saying Julia Roberts the Roberts whole time. Over and over okay, and, over and so I've been I, really confused. I knew it was Julianne Moore, but then George kept on saying Julianne Roberts, and it threw me off. But I've just looked, and it is Julianne Moore. Of course, it's Julianne Moore. What was yeah. I thinking? I literally thought I knew who the two people were. And I just had their names mixed up in my head. Well, that's mm. why I had that big fit where I said said every possible name 
earlier because I just couldn't yeah. remember because jaw just oh. threw me well, off. Well, I was very comfortable, confident in my Julia Roberts. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So, uh, has, has anyone got anything else to say with the drug deal scene? Because I've got something to say about the, but about what happens after that. Uh, no, I don't think I've got anything to say. No, about I'm good. So, okay, so go, going from that, like that's when he knows he has to go home in a sense, in quotes. Um, yeah. But to to Jack, but I really loved that in the in the moment that he goes to Jack and he asks for forgiveness. It's like uh, Jack is like barely in, like we don't see his face, like he's barely in frame. We see like the back of his, of like his of his back, and it's like yeah, Mark Marky Mark is like he's we see him entirely jack is almost like it's it's almost like he's irrelevant at this moment and uh, marky mark is asking forgiveness from himself yeah like it's like jack jack isn't there like he doesn't even need to be there he's not even in the shot basically and um marky mark is like sorry sorry they cut cut to um they then cut to the reverse right at the end of the scene and you see jack and you see that he's like almost crying and he's upset and i really hated that I really wanted them. They could have totally cut the scene there, yeah, and and not showed that because I yeah. really liked that they didn't show Jack. I also thought that it was maybe Burt Reynolds because he hated the film. They couldn't get him in for that shot, so they had to use a double. <laughs> I honestly yeah. thought that was what was going on at first. No, we yeah. haven't we haven't talked about that, but he's never seen Boogie Nights. Oh yeah, he doesn't like the film. He, he doesn't like the character. He fucking is so uh, he, he resent. Apparently, him and Paul Thomas Anderson really did not get on. Oh well. really? Apparently they were really not big fan. He wanted to hit Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, he said. Yeah. So to be fair, if he's some never seen twenty-six-year-old kid was telling you how to act, and you were you were Burt Reynolds, and you were like. But he won. He won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. I think it was only a Golden Globe, wasn't it? Oh, it was it only a Golden Globe? Oh, I think he won, I know he won something else. I didn't even realize it was Burt Reynolds. To be honest, it, oh, in my he got, notes, no, he got nominated for the Oscars. Nominated. Well, in my notes at the beginning, I just put por- I just put pornography Sean Connery because <laughs> I put, I didn't I didn't because I didn't realize it was Burt Reynolds. I was like, oh, it's just a it's just a porn pornography Sean, Sean Connery. <laughs> I keep getting recommended the videos of Sean Connery talking about slapping women on my YouTube. Oh no, it never stops. And I love this. There is like there was, when he died, there was some women on my Twitter timeline who were like big fans of Sean Connery and Bond and when they like every time someone said about the fact that he was totally okay with beating women they just didn't know what to say <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah um, yeah so I, I really like that about the last scene anyway going back to that how how it is is literally him uh, like asking himself for forgiveness and then and then he gets his big donkey schlong out and he, he's happy with who he is again it's yeah. important, isn't it? It's 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 something that everyone has to deal with, and that is, people make dumb mistakes, people do dumb shit, and people get into really bad times. But it's it's how you pick yourself up and take responsibility for your actions yeah. that really defines someone and really brings a sense of happiness and purpose to your life. And that's the transformation that you see in Boogie Nights. It is sad at that end in the mirror because it is it does have the undertones of the fact that the industry is basically dead and if you can call it an art the art is dead well i mean i think but like go back to what i said earlier though i feel like that like even though that sad 
in a very like black and white sense that they're going to fail um, in their business venture. But like they've, they've, kind of uh, succeeded. they've ultimately succeeded yeah. in life, I guess, because they found each other. They found that they 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 found like the love that they've been after this entire time, and they can now feel good, as it were, uh, without like sex and porn and drugs and alcohol yeah. they can yeah. they they can feel good with each other and feel good with themselves yeah so the character arc of everyone is bloody beautiful really <laughs> apart from cuck he's apart from cuck yeah. Oh, yeah pretty oh, yeah. dire yeah so we, we talked about um the soundtrack earlier but i just wanted to mention before we finish um i actually thought the score where it was there was actually very good and i thought basically the only real moments of score you hear uh, the opening black. Oh, that was yeah. The music and, then is crazy. And then, and then that plays again during um, like Dirk uh, in the car park and the reality porn in the in the limo. That plays. Yeah. That's the only two times it plays in the entire film. Yeah. Um, I thought that was quite interesting. It was super powerful. It, yeah. it It really echoed the film. Well, um, PTA is very big into his into his music like the music in like phantom fred and the, the music in punch rock love as well is very like um oh the music in punch rock love is fucking phenomenal it's crazy yeah it's, it's like very just emotionally insane driven. yeah like but, I, I i don't need like i i it gets me erect yeah. that's the real truth well you guys need to watch more pta yeah, please because really yeah. i've i've now got one more foot well <laughs> i should say i've got one more film but then i also as we all do need to watch the short film that he made in 2003 oh, yeah. with adam sandler <laughs> called couch couch and it's a man goes shopping for a new couch it's two minutes long the only <laughs> cast is adam sandler and <laughs> it was directed great. by paul thomas anderson uh, is phantom threads the one that i need to see next phantom thread is, is phantom threads the one that i'm highly invested it's, in it's one of my favorite well i don't know it's hard because i like there will be blood is in like my top ten. It's like probably the t- it's probably like around the ten mark, my top ten. But then I've only seen it once. I saw it a while ago. But then I've seen Phantom Fred a couple times, and it like it has my heart like completely. Like I love Phantom Fred so much. So I feel like yeah. if I rewatch There Will Be Blood, even though it is a masterpiece, I know it is. I feel like it could probably go down uh, in my kind of all time favorite films list. But Phantom Fred is like, it's it's my it's one of his best, definitely. So we all in, we're all in agreement then. This is five, f- big five stars, big yeah. five out of five. Marky I, I, Mark. I, 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 I gave it, give it four a and a half. Five. I gave it four um, and a half. But <laughs> it's like, I think I probably want to give it a five. Yeah. There is my heart tells me five. It's like it's my like, brain says four point five. My heart says five. Well, it's a mod. In my eyes, it's a modern classic. It was so fucking entertaining. It really explored things and it explored them at a deep level and it, it was dark but it, it ended with a note that wasn't too depressing yeah well i'll, I'll say when i, I first finished it. it i was going to give it a four just because i was comparing it to his other films um yeah. which i guess uh you have to dive into but yeah, um, we we didn't we haven't been doing that yet. yeah in comparing it to his other films i gave it a four but then just before we started talking about it, i was like you know what it, it, it is um a four and a half i think but um it's like well hold on let me get the, let me get the old list up so i've got a pta ranked list on my letterbox Blimey. this there's he's four films up. in front of this he's got it up. there's he's four films in front of this 
So you guys need to get on the PTA what, what hype. What four films are in front? Um, there will be Blood, Phantom Thread, Punch Out Love, and Magnolia, and then uh, Boogie Nights, and then there's two behind Boogie Nights, and that's The Master and Inherent Vice, which is last. Okay. That's interesting. Okay, so before we wrap up, is there anything anyone else wants to talk about? No, uh, not really. No, I think actually, that's it. I've just, oh. I've just remembered. Um, I found the the stuff about video to film mirrored a lot about the film digital like conversation happening in the late 90s yeah the like, death of like the 19, death of cinema 99, yeah basically it was the death of, death of film um 1997 especially was like they just announced star wars they announced they were doing star wars digitally completely for the first time it, this was that was really on the scene then so there's um it's quite a lot of comparisons there yeah it, it was something that i would say about three quarters i tell you what it was when it was the shot of jack walking through the almost like warehouse and it's just full to the brim of these vhs yeah. porno tapes and he walks in and it's being one's being edited and he just does not give a fuck and, and he looks like, miserable it look? and, and he says oh it is what it is or something like that yeah and and that's when that the, that theme of of the death of film really hit me mm. and it was quite a sad moment actually and honestly i i I've, i'm trying to think about like another epic like this like that has come out since since 1997 and i can't think of one um that i mean well not in the same vein yeah i think this like kind of like spiritualizes something that that i haven't seen in a long time and that hasn't been made in a long time i feel like yeah i mean since when did this come out 97 i don't know it's like it's a very specific film though it's like a it's like an ensemble film that's like also kind of like a coming of age it's like a very like unique yeah um there's a lot going on so i i don't know it's hard to compare it to other films yeah but um well a part of me at the beginning was like was thinking a lot a lot about uh once upon a time in hollywood but well this film that didn't this film and pga got compared to tarantino a lot apparently they're best friends and paul thomas anderson after making Boogie Nights, got hold of Tarantino's number and was like, look, we should go for a drink because everyone's saying that my film is like your directorial style. Yeah. And we need we need to go for a drink. And but they went be... for a drink and they've been best friends ever since. Well, I mean, Tarantino's definitely got his place in the cinematic landscape, but he is nowhere near as good as Paul. No, Tarantino can get lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny how, as I've grown up, I've just grown out of... Like, I still, I still respect. Pop Fiction's the best film ever made, Ollie. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> true. Like, I respect him a lot as a director, but like, he, like, I don't know. I've like definitely grown out of his work. I think. Yeah. Um, and on that note, of Pop like Fiction being the best now. film ever. Yeah. Um, we should. Uh, uh, we one should more thing. Up. One more thing. One more thing. One, one more thing. thing. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman sucking on that pen. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah, yeah. percent. I guarantee you, Philip Seymour Hoffman came up with that. He was, hand- yeah. I bet he was handed that pad. He saw the pen and he was like, "I'm gonna suck on this pen like it's." His I'm dick. gonna suck on this. And, yeah. and, and a well-placed pen. It was so. I found it very, very uncomfortable the entire it time. It was Philip, Philip Seymour, Seymour Hoffman made me uncomfortable throughout and, the entire. He's yeah. one of my favorite actors of all time, and I'm and so too, sad that he too. died. Yeah. Um, but I mean, have you ever seen? Cap- 
Capote or Capote or whatever it's called. How no. are you meant to Because I wasn't no. a huge fan of the film, but his his performance in that is like fucking ridiculous. I'm pretty sure he won an Oscar for it actually, yeah. um, which often sometimes doesn't mean a lot. But um, yeah, he's a he's a crazy good actor. Oh, one last thing, one last thing, one last thing. I one promise thing. this is the last one this time. Um, when uh, the like last four minutes of the film, there's a montage of like a lot of things that the characters are now doing with their lives, and it plays under God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but for me, that song is now completely ruined by Love Actually, and I can't, <laughs> well, I couldn't watch the scene without like feeling so uncomfortable all i could think of was love actually <laughs> and it really ruined it for me yeah. i don't know i haven't i've i've probably seen love actually once when i was like i've never seen it i'm just thinking about hugh laurie like doing voiceover about how we all need family and love at christmas and i was like yeah, jesus get no, off fuck that <laughs> oh well, uh i mean i don't want to okay <laughs> all right yeah forget it whatever I was going to say something about, name, about name Don Cheadle. Name more final comment. Yeah. We're wrapping up. Yeah. Are you, are you going to do the uh, the leaving speech? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, it. it can't it's be me. The, it's Toby. It's the leaving speech. We're leaving. Thanks for coming. It's been the goof and the gaffs. We have had goofs and gaffs. This week was Boogie Nights. And um, it was definitely one of the best films I've seen in a while. I was incredibly incredibly happy with this week's choice yeah yeah, yeah so um thanks for listening this has been toby and ollie and george i'm ollie and and i'm ollie oh oh no i've got a mixed up oh. haven't i silly uh, boy um and uh thanks for coming to screen four yeah, yeah best podcast in the world bye bye Woo. bye you to take it from the top yeah let's try it he will rock you He will roll you Baby, don't you know My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me Tomorrow, all day, all night, you feel my heat. Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool.